Anybody awake? Do this. Do that again. Children, let me hear your voices. Repeat after me. A. S. K. What does this spell? Ask. Okay. A. S. K. Ask. That's what we're going to remember this verse by. And remember the promise that's in this verse. Let me read it for you. Ask. And it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Okay, so here we have the promise. A-S-K. Ask, right? Ask and it will be given to you. Seek, that's the S in the A-S-K. Seek and you will find. The K stands for knock. Now, I know that sounds funny because the K is silent in that word. But it's still there. The K stands for knock, and it will be opened to you. This is a promise from God, and it especially applies applies to wisdom. We're going to see that in a moment. First thing we want to learn about this great promise is that God wants us to have wisdom. Wisdom is one of those things that we all need to live. We need wisdom to help guide us in how to live. And God wants us to have um, that wisdom. And he says this, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Now let's go on in in that passage and see what God is saying about Uh, what what he wants to give us. It says, For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. Turn that around a bit. If you don't ask, you don't get. If you don't seek, you won't find. If If you don't knock, it won't be opened to you. In other words, there are some things that we don't have because we don't ask for them. There are some things we'll never find because we aren't looking for them. And there are some things we won't get because we won't knock and take advantage of the opportunity to get. A-S-K. What does it stand for? A stands for? S stands for? Seek. And K stands for? Knock. Ask, seek, knock. Now I'm going to go on in that verse It says, verse 9, which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will he give him a stone? Like, you know, really, if you're hungry, mama, can I have something to eat? She said, here's a rock. Mamas don't do that. No, daddies don't do that. Not when you're really hungry and you really need something to eat. And so God doesn't act that way. And then he says this, verse 10, or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? In other words, we ask for something to eat. Can I have a piece of fish? And did your parents give you a worm? Yeah, right? No. In other words, God knows what you need. He's not going to give you something that's not good for you, right? That's the lesson there. God doesn't give stones when you need a piece of bread. He doesn't give worms when you need something to eat like fish or hamburger or something good, right? 
God knows how to give you good things. Now, I want to take a peek at James chapter 1, um, verse 5. Anybody know where James is that can find that? One of the children that can find that for me? James chapter 1, verse 5. If you find it already, raise your hand. I see a hand raised already. Brianna, you have it? Can you read that loud and clear for me? Okay, let's break that verse down again. It says, if any of you needs wisdom, that's what the word lacks means. If anybody needs wisdom, you should ask God for it. He will give it to you. He will give it to you. That's a promise from God. If anybody needs wisdom, how many people in here need wisdom? Anybody don't need wisdom at all? In other words, if you know everything you need to know, perfectly and it's clear to you and you won't ever have to ask any questions then you could raise your hand so you don't need wisdom but we all need wisdom but here's the promise from God anybody who needs wisdom and ask God for it what will he do he won't give you a rock he won't give you a worm he will give you wisdom that's a promise from God Take God's promise seriously. If anybody needs wisdom, he'll give it. Now, I know what you're thinking. You, this is what you're thinking. How come we got so many dumb people in the world then? <laughs> That's what you're thinking, right? You see so many dumb people. You go, how can we have all these dumb people if God promised to give wisdom? Well, that's a good question. And sometimes asking questions is, is what helps you get wisdom. I want to talk just briefly. We'll get into it next week in our, in our series as we go on. When you ask for wisdom, there's a way that you get it. And the secret to it is A-S-K. Ask, S is for seek and knock. The first part is here. If you need wisdom, you go to who? You go to God. You ask God. Ask God. Someone you know you can trust, and it will tell you the right thing. Sometimes I've been in trouble and asked people for something, and it's like, whoa, I don't know if I can trust them. Like, hey, man, which way do you get, how do you get to the store? And he looks at me like kind of funny. Yeah, you go that way. I'm like, oh, I think I'm going to go this way because I don't trust you. But when we ask God, we know he will tell us the truth. He will give us wisdom. He won't give us a rock. He won't give us a worm. He will give us wisdom. So the first part of that is ask. We ask God for it. Now, remember, I don't know if you remember, last, last week we started off uh, talking about Proverbs. And in Proverbs chapter 1, Wisdom was personified. That means wisdom was acting like a person. And do you remember what that person was doing? What? Elijah said, crying out, right? You're exactly right. That's exactly right. That's what the wisdom was doing. AJ? Crying out, right? Remember where, where wisdom was crying out from? Where was wisdom at, Jada? In the street, where else? 
marked everywhere. Rizzo was like just going wherever he could like, hey, here I am. Come and get me. Come and get me. I have good stuff for you. It's like, here it is. Come and get it. Wisdom was crying out. In other words, wisdom, wisdom was begging people, begging them. Here I am. Come get me. Please come and take some of me. Wisdom was begging people. But I know what you, you asked. I know the question you have, but then how come we got so many dumb people in the world, right? If wisdom is begging, it's because of this. Let's turn to Proverbs chapter 1. And I just want to review kind of what we looked at last time. Verse 20, wisdom cries aloud in the street. In verse 22, it says, how long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? Remember last week we said, how long? And then we said, not long if you have wisdom, right? I'm going to end with this. The secret to wisdom is first we ask God. Secondly, is we seek it. Wisdom is crying out, come and get it, but you actually have to come and get it. Remember what the verse said in Matthew 7? Ask, and it'll be given to you. Seek, and what happens? You will find. I'm working at my house, and um, I'm working on a project, and I tell you, almost every day that I work, I lay a tool down, and I forget where it is. And I cannot find it. It happened today. I was working the other day, and I had my special flashlight that had a special battery to it. And I wanted to use that battery in another tool, and I couldn't find a battery. I couldn't find it anywhere. But guess what? If I never look for it, I guarantee I won't find it. <laughs> but if I really want it, I've got to search for it. God will give you wisdom, but guess what? You've got to search for it. You have got to search for it. For you young ones, you not-so-young ones, that means when you got to go to school, that book ain't jumping out in, into your head. you got to actually open it up. You have actually got to pay attention. You have actually got to read that book. Same way with the Bible. You don't just lay it on your pillow and hope God let some of that wisdom seep into your head. You have got to search for it. If you don't search for it, you won't get it. If you don't knock and go after it, you won't get it. I'm glad you're in church today. I'm glad you make it a regular habit of coming to church because you want to hear what God has to say and you want the wisdom that he gives. But I'm telling you, that's why we have so many dumb people in the world because God offers wisdom, they don't want it. They don't want to do what God wants to do, wants them to do. They want to do their own thing. Are you going to be wise or are you going to be stupid? You're going to be wise and you're going to ask God for wisdom and you're going to search for it until you find it. We'll talk more about that next week. We'll ask um, Elder Brian if he will come and lead us in our in our meditation for today. Ask, seek, knock. It's the secret to wisdom.
Good evening, saints. We're going to be continuing our meditation in the Gospel of John. And as we learned, the Gospel of John is about believing. And so it teaches us different aspects of what it means to believe and what it means not to believe. And so Jesus is speaking to the Jews on one of their feast days, one of the days where they had to gather. And so we'll be in John 8, 12, when it says, Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but he will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, You are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered, Even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true. For I know where I come from and where I am going, but you do not know where I come from or where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true. And it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. In your law, it is written that the testimony of two people is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. They said to him, therefore, where is your father? Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. These words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, but no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. So he said to them again, I am going away and you will seek me and you will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews said, will he kill himself since he says where I'm going, you cannot come? He said to them, you are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So they said to him, who are you? Jesus said to them, just what I have been telling you from the beginning. I have much to say about you and much to judge. But he who sent me is true, and I declare to the world that I, what I have heard from him. They did not understand that he had been speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. And he who sent me is with me, and he has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. As he was saying these things, many believed in him. talk about believing. What does it mean to believe in Jesus? Go ahead, Jim. All right, repent from your sins and trust him as your Savior. Very good. What else? Anybody else want to venture something about believing? What have we been learning about believing in the Gospel of John? Let's just talk about chapter 1 all the way through. How has it been building? Well, this is for those adults, and this is a harder question. Right? What have we been learning about belief, and how has it been building? So let's think about this for a little bit. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Nothing was made without Him. What are we learning about belief? He's the origin, right? Truth starts with him. 
John says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. What do we know about belief?
it's a thorough religion, right? Not a religion that you just talk about. You know, I don't like when I go to work and then people hear I'm a Christian, they start talking this amen stuff. Stop. Right? Stop. Why? Because that's fake. You put that on as an act. True religion is not an act. It's the real. We had a man who was paralyzed in chapter 5. He couldn't get in the water. The, the superstition back then was if you got in the water, when it rippled, that means an angel stepped in the water. You just couldn't see it. So if a ripple touched you, you would be healed. But he was paralyzed. What was his problem? His superstition couldn't heal him. His superstition was false. Even if his superstition was true, he didn't have the power to bring it about. He needed who? He needed Jesus. But the problem is Jesus healed him on the Sabbath. Now I can't show up. Right? 
I'm not ready to give that up. I still need to worship myself a little bit more. I can't give that up. I can't give up this food. I can't give up this drugs. I can't give up this drink. I can't give up these girls. I can't give up these boys. Whatever it may be, I can't give it up. I can't stop. Jesus says, where I'm going, you can't go. have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He. What is He talking about being lifted up? What reveals who Jesus is? It's the cross. The cross reveals Him. That's not the tool that nobody, that people wanted to believe. Let's just be honest. We romanticize the cross. But if you ever knew that people in your city, the worst criminals would be crucified, wasn't nothing to be proud of. But Jesus said, you will know me by my humiliation. You'll know me, you know, when you see paintings and kids, everybody sees paintings that Jesus is hanging on a cross, they put little cloth across them. That's just out of respect. When Jesus was really crucified, he was absolutely naked. Some things show Jesus tied to the cross with some ropes. Real thing was some big old stakes driven through his wrist into the wood. The reason that you died from crucifixion was because you had to try to breathe by pushing against the stakes that are in your own body. That's how you took a breath. That's why it was considered torture. It's always been considered one of the worst forms of death throughout all humankind. How did the apostles think about that death? Peter said, I'm not worthy to be crucified. Like Jesus crucified me upside down. Andrew said, I'm not worthy to be crucified like Jesus crucified me on an X. I believe me and my dad was theorizing about why Acts ends the way it does. Acts does not end with Paul's execution the way we would want it to. Because then at least we would have some closing to the story. I believe Paul said, my ending is not the point of the book of Acts. I'm not worthy to have my death be the end of a book. How did they look at that cross? See, we glory in the humiliation of Jesus Christ. The world glories in looking good in front of everybody else. That's what they do. That's why they glorify lying. Because when you lie, you can say whatever you want and make yourself look good even if you're not. When you have to tell the truth all the time, sometimes you got to tell the truth on yourself. And you look bad sometimes. That's the life of a Christian. We humble ourselves before others so that God might live for us. That's not easy. And you will be shamed if you live this life as a Christian. But you will be proud before God. Amen.